welcome. Prepare your heart as we dive into the Word of God. Our desire at Beloved Church in Lena, Illinois, is to lead you into a life-changing encounter with grace and truth. Jesus Christ has a divine destiny perfectly orchestrated for those who are willing to be adventurous enough to receive His favor and blessing into their life. Our prayer is that you will allow the presence of the comforting Spirit of God to radically display the Father's love for you. You are a part of God's beloved family, and that means you are greatly loved. Now over to our guest minister for today. Speaking of Andrew Womack, on special request from a pastor that we all dearly love, I'm going to do some Andrew Womack teaching today, and it's on a subject that I've already mentioned. It's on spirit, soul, and body. Now, hopefully nobody went, oh, man, an hour and 20 minutes of spirit, soul, and body. We hear it all the time. Yeah, we do. We hear it all the time. But I grew up in church, and I heard all that stuff for years. And I already told you, I got a revelation in Guatemala when I was in my 50s. That's a long time to sweat and toil and be led astray. And I don't know if I've told you this, but I never even, when I was in the mainline church, I never developed a prayer life. You may think, whoa, what a confession to make. Well, it's true. I never developed a prayer life. You know why? I had good reason. Because I found this scripture that says the prayers the effect, excuse me, the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. And I couldn't see myself as righteous. So I said, why pray? Hard to pray anyway. Sit down and try to pray. Feel like I've prayed for an hour and it's only been about four minutes. And by the fifth minute, I'm usually dozing off. So I thought, you know what? This is just toil. So when I came into more of a fullness of what's going on in this Christian walk, I didn't have a lot of the building blocks ready because I just avoided them or not learned them. Maybe I was just a slow learner. It doesn't matter. The fact is, this stuff that we're learning in this church, in this assembly, the things that Andrew Womack has taught for 50 years are foundational. And if you want a good building, you got to have a good foundation. Pure and simple, right? So today I'm going to be talking about spirit, soul, and body. And I know Pastor Steve has mentioned it since he asked me to fill the pulpit today. Oh, by the way, happy Father's Day. (laughs) I didn't write that down. Ever since I knew I was going to fill the pulpit today... I sidetracked myself with that Father's Day comment. (laughs) Hallelujah. I know where I'm at. Ever since I knew I was going to fill the pulpit today with this subject, I believe every week, Pastor Steve has brought up something about spirit, soul, and body. So if you've been really attentive to his messages, you've probably got everything that I'm going to share today. But he also said something last week 
that's really, really important. How many remember him talking about the difference between information and revelation? Right? Big, big difference. And I know, without a shadow of a doubt, that there are people in this room right now that are thinking, oh, spirit, soul, and body, I've heard it all. And it's all right here. You've got the information. But have you spent time getting it where it needs to be? Getting it in your heart. Getting revelation. Because I'll tell you from experience, when you get revelation, wow. If I can use a term, I don't know if it's popular nowadays, but Katie, bar the door. (laughs) It will change your life. Hallelujah. Before I get started, though, like this this podium, I, I still have to get used to it. And we're on video, right? Now, if I come over here, am I still in the range of the video? Thank you. Now, if I go over here, how far can I go? Am I still in the range of the video? You went like this. <laughs> I'll take that thumbs up. Okay. So the camera can see where I'm at. How about you folks? Can everybody see me? Raise your hand if you can see me. Thank you. That is why we study spirit, soul, and body. Some of you are frowning at me. It's not a bad frown, but it's like, what? You all familiar with computers and telephones, right? They all have default settings, correct? Except my computer that God is controlling. Hallelujah. (laughs) But for the most part, we have default settings. And what I just asked you showed me that your default setting is in the flesh. Hmm. Amen. Thinking about it. Thinking about it. Let's get a little scripture to start with. John four twenty four, please, Mary. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God's a spirit. Any doubt about that? And nobody wants to argue with the Bible. God's a spirit. How do we worship him? Spirit. And truth. Let that sink in. We worship Him in spirit and truth. Next verse, please. Genesis 1:26. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. 27. That which is born... There you go. That makes more sense. So God created man in his own image. What did I say? God created man in his own image. God is spirit. He created man in his image. 
In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. You and I are created in the image of God. God is spirit. I'm created in the spirit of God. You're created in the spirit of God. Can you guys see spirits? Can you see spirits? No. You're looking at me in the house I live in. When I said, can you see me? Oh, yeah, I can see you. No, you can see my body. That's where I dwell, along with the Holy Spirit. But the real me, now I'm talking technically speaking, the real me is a spirit. And you can't see spirit. You're all spirit. Now, words are important, too, because when I walked over here, what did I ask? TJ, am I in the range of the camera? He answered correctly. Yes, I am in the range of the camera. I didn't say, can you see me, TJ? Can the camera see me? No, I said, am I in the range of the camera? I am in the range of the camera here and over there. But then I switched it up. It was a trick, but I caught you all. And I said, can you see me? And you said, yeah, oh, yeah. You would have argued with me. Even if I had ducked down behind us and said, can you still see me? You said, yeah. You'd argued with me all day about it because they can see me. But see, to really understand who we are, to really understand what the Bible tells us we have and who we are, We've got to understand that we are spirit. The Bible is a spiritual book. It was written to spiritual people. That's why people that don't have the spirit, who are not born again, they say, I can't read that Bible. It just doesn't make any sense. I went 40 years as a Christian trying to figure out the Bible, getting frustrated and sleeping a lot. Just a fact. But when I realized that I was a spirit... And that the Bible is written to spirit. Spirit to spirit, there's communication. So, yeah, you may have been hanging around here for a while. You may have heard a lot about spirit, soul, and body. Oh, yeah, that's what Andrew Wong preached. Yep, yep, Steve Castle's always mentioning that. But it's foundational. It will open your eyes, open your heart, open your understanding. I can't even explain it. I don't have the words to paint the picture of what I went through for about three months, all by myself in my office down in Guatemala in my house. Just every time I flipped the page, oh my goodness, and I, I just, I danced, I jumped around, I, woohoo, I had fun. God is a spirit, and He created us in Him, His image. John 3, 6, please, Mary. That's the one. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. 
Now, this is a great invitation. I'm like, I'm going down a freeway right now, and I'm coming to an exit ramp. My direction is down the freeway, but that exit ramp is saying this is a great chance to go off on a rabbit trail about being born again, being born in the Spirit. What is our state when we come into this world? I'm going to just try to touch on it briefly without losing total track of my notes. And I know there's some different ideas about this. When Adam was created in the garden, God breathed the breath of life into him, right? They had perfect fellowship. Am I right? Okay. And it was just Adam. The Bible clearly tells us he created Adam, but then he says they. The they is the he and the she. Eve was inside Adam. Adam got formed from the dust of the earth. Eve was made from the rib from Adam. If you look at the chronology and all of that, you'll see it. It's clear, but I'm not going to take all that time to do that. But he was in perfect union with God. God walked with him every day in the garden. When we walk in the garden with God, which we can do because he's with us, it's a little more of a faith step. And Adam, I think Adam walked face to face. That's my opinion. I think he walked face to face with him. But then the fall came. Remember that nasty fall? That, that just messed everything up. So everybody that came into the earth after Adam, after the fall, was subject to the curse. Sin, sickness, death, all that stuff. And again, that exit ramp has a whole other exit ramp that we're not going on. But man was in a bad condition. Man was apart from God. After Adam fell, what happened? He hid. God came like he did every day. Did God stop talking to him? Nope. Nope. He's, Adam, where are you? Well, I hid. I hid. Why did you hide? I hid because I was naked. Who told you you were naked? God is still involved. And yet man was in a terrible state. Now, a lot of people teach that in that fallen state, the spirit of man, which God created, if we're, we're created in the spirit and image of God, or in the image of God, that makes us a spirit just like God, if we're created in his image and we have fallen, some people say that it's like our spirit is dead, like it doesn't exist. And I don't know where I stand on that. I grew up hearing that we had a spirit, but it was fallen. And it needed to be redeemed. That's what the new birth was about. And I don't have any problem with that. But then again, I don't have any problem thinking that when something dies, it's dead and it's gone. So man could be without spirit, and that's what the born again is, to bring that spirit back into alignment with God. I don't know. And you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The point is, the curse entered, man fell, 
Jesus redeemed us at the cross. We now have access. And that's a pretty neat thing, I think. So what I've talked about so far, we're talking about flesh and spirit. Pretty clear in the Bible, am I correct? And then we got this thing called a soul. First Thessalonians 5.23 tells us clearly that there's three parts. Mary is trying to communicate with me. First Thessalonians 5 and 23. Thank you. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Spirit, soul, body. Now, I know, too, there are people who say, well, if you find something in the Bible only once, that's not enough. You've got to have a witness. This is witness enough for me. This is Apostle Paul telling us, and he's praying for us. He's praying to God our Father that we would be whole in our spirit, in our soul, and in our body. All of which, by the way, were done on the cross for us who are blessed to be looking at the cross in a rearview mirror. Because there's a whole bunch of saints that only dreamed at this time. The Bible says they never saw it. Do you realize how blessed we are to be in this day and age? Wow. I've said it before. I've probably said it from this pulpit. But I really, this is personal opinion again, I think if the disciples that walked with Jesus, were given an option for a redo. And they were asked, would you want to walk with Jesus on the shores of Galilee? Or would you like to walk in America in 2022 in the Great Awakening? I got a feel in the disciples that say, yeah, let's go for the Great Awakening. Do you realize the time of history we're in? I mean, really, really realize it, not just lip service. I mean, this is awesome. How many read the newsletter this week? Come on, confession time. I was blessed to be able to write that. um, I'm doing two out of three for our beloved pastor. I wrote the newsletter, and I'm filling the pulpit today. I ain't doing the drums. <laughs> no way. You don't want me to do the drums. <laughs> there's, there's only so much I can do. But I was, I was on my way to my daughter's house yesterday. Um, they were taking their dad out. My grandkids were taking the dad out on a zoo outing, and they invited Grandpa along. So I took a nice motorcycle ride to go down to Lyle, Illinois yesterday. I got to a traffic light, got the red light on Route 59. Traffic wasn't bad Saturday morning. I got my phone in the holder, and up pops this text. (laughs) It's from Pastor Steve. He had read the newsletter. And um, 
for those of you that read the newsletter, I put my opinion in there. I said, what we're looking into, what's coming up next, is going to make the parting of the Red Sea look like a Sunday school picnic. <laughs> I'm at that traffic light, waiting for the light to change, and I look down and I see parting of the Red Sea. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He either liked it or he hated it, one of the two. <laughs> I wasn't sure. But, no, we're, we're in a great time. And for us to really appreciate it and understand it and stand in it, we've got to know that we know that we know who we are and whose we are. This is such a vital part of the foundation. That's why Andrew Walmax preached it for 50 years. That's why Karis Bible College is founded and going around the world. Because these foundational truths, they never get old. And I don't care how many times you've heard it, even if you've got a good revelation on it, you're going to get a better revelation. And as we were praying in the prayer circle this morning, several people prayed for just that today and spoke out that this day, the people are going to get revelation. And I know I prayed a lot along that line, but I know others did too. And um, the Holy Spirit was leading and guiding Praise God. Let's go to Ephesians. One, just look at 18 and 19. This is Paul's prayer for the saints. And if you've really never discovered it, go look it up. It's the last part of that first chapter, and he prays for the saints, and it's a powerful prayer. And for years, I just prayed it every morning over myself. You can change it instead of the saints and say, put your name in there. I encourage all of you to do that. But Paul's praying for the believers. He said, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That's what we're talking about. That ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Say, you will not understand the richness of his inheritance if you don't do it in the spirit, if you don't apply spiritual understanding to it. Because in the flesh, it makes no sense. Believe me, I struggled for years. Next verse. No, that verse. Did I read that one? There we go. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power? Exceeding greatness of his power. You need to know what the greatness of his power is. That's one thing you're knowing, and that revelation. But, and again, oh, there's so many rabbit trails in this teaching. If you're not born, if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, why not? It's a free gift. Jesus told the disciples, I must go. When I go, I'm going to send another, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. He told the disciples to wait for the day of Pentecost. Go to the upper room, 120 of them waited. And the Holy Spirit was poured out. And if you haven't experienced that outpouring, that wasn't a one-day deal. That wasn't just for the 120. That was for every believer that came along. 
And woe to the person, and I might sound like I'm speaking a curse, but the person that denies that, and I've met them, I've worked with them. In Guatemala, I know two Christian missionaries that I introduced them to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they fought me tooth and nail and told me they had had a bad experience with the Holy Spirit and they wanted nothing to do with it. Can you imagine... I can't. I hurt for those people. They think they're just denying the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit is Jesus. We're created in God's image. Spirit, soul, and body. Three part. God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. See any coincidence? I was teaching this years ago in a Presbyterian church. Which, (laughs) yeah... Oh, these rabbit trails are just bombarding me. i got to tell you this one. One time in Peggy's and my many, 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 many moves, for various reasons, job changes, circumstance, everything, we moved a gazillion times. And, of course, we've got this bunch of stuff that goes with us. Y'all got it. Don't give me that look. (laughs) Some of you have moved boxes ten times and you don't even know what's in them. (laughs) But anyway, one time I was in there looking and I found the Sunday school books, the curriculum that I had as a child in the Presbyterian church. And I found this book and what the curriculum was for the Sunday school classes at that time was they did an age-appropriate book based on the books of the Bible. And the one I happened to grab was Acts. Complete study of Acts. And I thought, this is interesting. And I opened it up. Chapter 1. And I opened the Bible up. Chapter 1. And I go down through them. Hey, they did pretty good. Yeah. I like that. Chapter 2. Chapter 2. Bible's talking about Holy Spirit. Chapter 2 in the Sunday school book looks strange. I got looking, flipped a little more in the Bible. Chapter 3. Oh, there we go. We're back on track. They took the Spirit out. Chapter 2. Gone. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. Receive everything God's got for you. He's three-part. We're three-part. I was describing that to some kids I was working with in a Presbyterian church, and that's why I got off on that trail, because we didn't even talk about the Spirit there. Only in a very nominal way. Nobody understood a thing. But anyway, this one girl, Kara was her name, and I was trying to explain God being three parts. And I said, I was explaining it's three in one. And some people have trouble with that. And this little Kara, she was... She's quite the little girl. She says, you mean like three strikes, you're out? <laughs> well, you got the concept, honey. Three things, one complete entity. That's right. That's what God is. One God, three parts. That's what we are. Three parts. One creation, three parts. Spirit, soul, and body. Second Corinthians, 
please. 517, we could all probably do this by memory. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. This causes some people to struggle. Because they read that and say, oh boy, all things are new. And they get born again. Nothing new here. And they don't understand that that's spiritual. See, because the Bible is a spiritual book. And it's speaking to spiritual beings. And if you're looking at it in the flesh, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. There's a lot of things we could say, but whatever you were before, you got born again. In the flesh and in your mind, you're probably the same way after you're born again. You can put anything in there you want. But your spirit is perfected. So when you get a revelation of that, and you read the Bible, and it's a spiritual book, and it's talking to spirit, it's saying, yeah, I am righteous. I am new. I am prosperous. I am healthy. Because it was all done at the cross. That's the spiritual part. We go to heaven... Our spirit doesn't need to be any better to dwell in heaven with God. Our souls and our bodies need a little touch-up. A little bit of work. Hallelujah. I brought some helpers with me today. I used these down in Guatemala. These were made by real live little Guatemalan children. Like my little dolls. Cuerpo, body, alma, soul, espiritu. Only if you're not born again, it's viejo, old spirit. Spiritu viejo. But when you get born again, boop, new spirit. New spirit. And that's important. There's a couple of things, well, a lot of things, but I've had a lot of fun with these little dolls. One time I got creative, and I was trying to tell, teach how that um, we're sealed by the Holy Spirit, and that the world cannot touch our spirit. So I got a baggie and put the spirit in the baggie, and then... In Guatemala, we had two seasons, mud and dust. So I got some mud. <laughs> and I had a ball throwing mud at all three of these. I almost ruined these two because <laughs> the mud stuck. But then I took this out of the baggie. When you got the Holy Spirit, you are sealed with a promise. You are forever perfect in the eyes of your Father. I've had a lot of fun with them. They've traveled the world with me. They were in Kenya. They've, I think they even made it to Alaska last summer. Praise the Lord. But we need to understand spirit, soul, and body. 
because one third of the work was done by Jesus. The other two parts, it's our part. Some of you think, well, I just can never, I never make any progress. I can't do this. Are you really working at it? Because there's work. The Bible tells us to work out our own salvation. Does that mean i got to work to get saved? No, you're saved if you're born again. But to get your flesh under control, to get your mind to understand the things of the Spirit, yes, there is work. I'm not hiding that fact at all. It's work. But it's fun work, and it's not burdensome. It's not burdensome. Those three months that I spent studying the Word and dancing around my office like a crazy man, that was fun. (laughs) That wasn't work. And, oh, the benefits of it. I can't even begin to, to explain. The Spirit gives life according to John 6, 63. So we get our life from the Spirit. I'm not going there, Mary. Just relax. You don't understand. This, I taught this in a three-day conference in Kenya. And so I just went through and grabbed all my scriptures. So Mary has this list. And when she saw it, Mitchell, because he loves Mary, he wrote across it, don't panic. <laughs> there, she's got it. <laughs> I assured her we're not going through all the scriptures today. But so if Mary's having a little struggle, um, she didn't take time to preload that however many scriptures there are. You got half of them. Okay. Good for you. You'll be good for this morning and tonight. Way to go, girl. Understanding spirit, soul, and body unlocks the spirit realm so that you can experience who you are And what you have in Christ. Spiritual truth comes. When I first wrote my notes, when I was studying this diligently, I wrote spiritual truth comes mainly through the word. And I didn't like that. So after mainly, I put in parentheses, only. And I eventually scratched out the mainly and highlighted the only. Because that's where your spiritual truth comes from. Now, you might want to argue with me and say, oh, but I had a vision or I had a dream or God showed me this. Okay, that's fine. But you want to know what the Spirit's saying? Get in the Word. That's talking brother to brother, brother to sister. Get in the Word. If you're not in the Word, get in the Word. Can I make it any more clear than that? You will not grow. You will not bring your soul and spirit into the place it needs to be. In a, I'm sorry, soul and body into the place it needs to be to agree with the spirit without being in the word. And in this day and age that we're walking in right now, And we're going to be walking into deeper and deeper and deeper, whether you want to or not, it's coming. If you're going to stand, you need it. 
I don't know how to emphasize it without just... Hmm. You might say, well, what are you seeing, brother? What, what? I don't know. I just know that we're in for a ride. What's that look like? I don't know. I, I'm reminded of Dwayne Sheriff. I don't know. One word. I don't know. <laughs> but it's coming. Whether we want to see it or not, it's coming. How do you want to see it? Do you want to see it from the victory side? Do you want to see it from the peace that passes all understanding side? Or do you want to see it from the sweat and toil and worry? Suffer. I don't want any of that. I had enough of that in my life. God set me free from all of that. Hallelujah. God is, oh my goodness, I could, I could go nonstop till the evening service closed, just giving you personal testimonies of my life. Times that we were in poverty, times that we were attacked by sickness, times that we, the list goes on and on and on and on. God's provision at times that, while what I shared this morning took my breath away when it happened, it's what I expect from my father all the time. And if you're not expecting that from your father, then you need to get a little more of this. I'm as open as I can be. Because you don't know who he is, and you don't know who you are. And that's what it boils down to. Now, am I saying I've arrived? No, 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 no. I'll tell you, you want to know how you know when you've arrived? I can answer you in one word. Huh? Enoch. Enoch. Enoch was gone one day. (laughs) He went home. There was nothing left for him to do here. He had arrived. So, when I arrive, don't look for me. (laughs) Don't bother me. (laughs) Because I'm going to be having a family reunion like you wouldn't believe. And it's not just my personal family. I mean, I fell in love with Jim. I know he's up there, too. You guys never knew my dad. My dad was taken from us when he was 47 years old. And he is something else. (laughs) You loved him. And I know my dad, my son, and my wife up there. The only thing I can say is, if there is a timeout corner in heaven, they've probably all been there by now. <laughs> Jim, too, right? Yeah. They say, okay, that's, that's enough of that. Let's come on. Just take a break. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a great time. Oh. So the word. Let's go to James 1, 23, please, Mary. I enjoy teaching this subject. I hope you're having as much fun as I am. If you're having half as much fun as I am, you're doing all right. 
For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Next verse. And be not conformed. No, that's not the next verse. James 1, 23, 25, 24 and 25. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Verse 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. The Bible is like a mirror. We see ourselves in the Bible. Because the Bible is all a a big love letter of how the Father loves us and how the Father sees us. I spent, I hate to tell you how many years of my life, not knowing who I was in Christ and not measuring up in my own eyes. And I tell you, that is a horrible, horrible way to live. I, I came to Beloved Church. I'll be honest, this place freaked me out. <laughs> it really did. It really did. Because I come in here, I'm 69 years old at the time. I have beaten myself up, beaten myself down, not understood who I was, gotten put down in ministry, had people try to take ministries away from me. Um, I went to a pastor's conference once as a pastor, and they wouldn't let me into the pastor's dinner because they said I wasn't a pastor. You do that for 50 years. What's that do for your self-esteem? I come in here, <laughs> right back there between those two doorposts, I get hugged by this guy. <laughs> How long did that hug last? Whew. What just happened to me? <laughs> and then I met the rest of you. You guys are no better. <laughs> you guys were freaking me out. I came in like April. Now, I know God's been preparing. God's been setting things in place. And I don't know about you guys, but I always grew up in church thinking about, okay, we got to do it this way and this way and this way. And when new people come in, they got to sit in the pew for this long before they can be trusted with anything. I hadn't been here a year yet when I got invited to the board meeting on a false pretense. <laughs> At least that's what was told me. <laughs> Maybe the board knew, but as far as I was concerned, there was a false pretense. And I got offered this position. It blew me away. I live an hour and a half east of here. I do not remember that trip home. I trust that my angels drove the car that day because I, my, my mind was just on tilt. 
I have never been accepted and I have never had anybody appreciate me like you people and the staff and the leadership here. And I, I guess, I don't know, that is not definitely in my notes, but I just, it's a good opportunity to tell you, when I say I'm standing up here humbled by standing up here, there's reason. Now, maybe you guys grew up all sure of yourselves and knew, you know, I watched people, my peer group all my life, like, oh, they're an engineer, oh, they're a school teacher, oh, they got their path correct, and then they, they all know what they're doing. I've had about 20 different jobs, dropped out of college. I, I'd love to be, I did find out. When I was 52 years old, I went to the mission field and I told people, I just found out what I'm going to be when I grow up. (laughs) It took that long. Maybe I'm just a slow learner. I don't know. Hallelujah. Boy, oh boy, these notes are worthless. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. So James tells us the Bible's a spiritual mirror. How many have seen your face with your eyeballs? Really? I can't see my face. I can't. I can't see my face. You've seen a reflection of your face. You've seen a photo image of your face. You've never seen your face. For two reasons. One, the eyes don't work that way. Actually, they're for seeing out. They're the windows of your soul. But you're a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. The real you is spirit. Now, you might say, well, yeah, you're getting super spiritual. But when I ask, can you see me? Literally, you say no. You're a spirit. Functionally, in this world, you're not wrong to answer the way you did, because you can see me. But let me make a little correlation. Um, Joyce, you live here in town, not too far from here. Any Anybody ever gone by Joyce's house and stopped out front and say, Hey, Joyce, good to see you. <laughs> well, that's her house. She lives in that house. You don't say hi to the house. So you want to be really technical? If I'm a spirit, this is the house I live in. It's not me. It's my house. Some of us have big houses. Some of us have little houses. Some of us have different color houses. Some of our houses need paint. I see why Steve gets himself in trouble. <laughs> it, is, it is so easy. And the more fun you're having, the easier it is. <laughs> I could go all different ways. Okay. So the Bible is a spiritual mirror. Verse 25 in James told us that not only did we need to look into it, we, needed to, we need to continue to look into it. How long do you continue to look into it till you become like Enoch? Because when you get like Enoch, there'll be nothing more here on this earth for you. God will say, come on up. 
Yes, sir. Oh, what a way, what a day. I wonder what went through his mind. Huh. <laughs> I got blessed just driving home after that board meeting. I can't imagine Enoch going to heaven. Wow. Oh, well, back to my notes for what they're worth. So I introduced you a page early to my three friends. 1 Corinthians 15, 53, please. Thank you. Is that correct? 1553, please. Or we could just read down from there. That's really a great chapter. If you've not studied 1 Corinthians 15, you need to. It is great. And if you haven't heard Keith Moore's teaching on that particular chapter, it bears looking in the archives. Um, But 1553. No pressure at all. You're doing good, girl. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. We're talking about spirit, soul, and body. This corruptible. What is corruptible? Our flesh. Our flesh is corruptible. This corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. Paul is talking all about death. And there may be some in this room, and again, this isn't anything to do with what I've been talking about. Well, it is what I've been talking about, but not what on my notes. It's all about death. Now, you can think about death. I've already mentioned death in a couple different contexts. My wife died. Her flesh ceased to exist here. Her spirit went to heaven. Many people fear the physical part of that death. But see, as a born-again believer, you've already died to yourself. And you're dead to sin. And if you read that whole chapter, it's well worth your time. Paul ends up saying, death, where's your sting? He's laughing at death. (laughs) you got everybody deceived. That's what we've been going through with these two years with this thing that's been going on. I don't want to be the one to get us kicked off. (laughs) They're afraid. Fear. I had an outing with my family to Brookfield Zoo yesterday. I couldn't believe the number of people wearing masks. Outside. Little kids, oh, they're afraid. They've been sold a lie. And they're afraid. But coupled with that fear is the fear of death because this is so deadly. 0.001 or less die from it. It's terrible what's been done to us. That's why we got to know who we are. Christianity is all about identity. We need to know who we are in Christ, 
But we need to know who our Father is. And our Father is not that big old meanie that you heard about in Sunday school years ago. He doesn't have a big stick. He's not looking for just a chance to whoop on you. He's a loving Father. He's the Father that changes my emails just to say hi to me and tell me everything's okay. That's our Father. We need to get into the Word to know who we are and to know who He is. This part is perfect. The Bible calls it the earnest of our inheritance. You all know what earnest money is? You want to buy something, you put some money down. And it's usually enough that you don't want to lose that amount of money, so you got you got an interest in buying something. That's the earnest of our inheritance. It's waiting for the redemption. Our body is already purchased. Well, wait a minute, you said our spirit. Now, our spirit was perfected. Our body was purchased. That's the finished work of the cross. Jesus died as a payment for the death that each one of us deserved. Our body is purchased. We're waiting for the redemption of our body. We can give all kinds of examples of purchases and redemption. Um, but this, this church likes to talk about Second Amendment and concealed carry and things like that. So the best example I can give is if you live in the state of Illinois. Now, maybe this doesn't apply in Wisconsin. With the state of Illinois, you want to purchase a gun? Fine, go buy it. And then wait 72 hours. Then you can redeem your purchase. Same deal here. Our body is purchased. And yet we live in this earth, in this flesh, really, honestly, not a whole lot different than the rest of the world. May agree with that, you may not. Say amen or oh me, but this is what I'm seeing. It's been said, I forget who to give it credit to, but I'll give it credit to somebody who ever said it. Um, if, there, if a Christian was taken into a court of law, there probably wouldn't be enough evidence to convict him of being a Christian. And that's a sad state of affairs. It's a real sad state of affairs. Because the responsibility for that just lies on our shoulders. Paul says... This is important. 2 Corinthians 5.16. This is another scripture that I've only found actually once. But I'm not worried about other witnesses because it's Paul. Wherefore, henceforth, Now, with wherefore and henceforth, we know there's a lot behind it, (laughs) but we're not going to unpack it all. But wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. 
And I don't know if you've ever studied that scripture out. Leave that up so I can see it, please. Um, I looked up in several commentaries, and some of the commentators say that Paul is actually saying there, we don't look at people as Jews or Romans or any outward appearances. But I believe what he's really saying there, and again, this is my what I feel I've gotten from the Lord. Um, he's saying, I don't look at you people as people in the flesh. I look at you in the spirit. Because think about this. This is to the church at Corinth. The Corinth church was a mess. Sin abounded. And Paul called them dearly beloved. Brothers and sisters. He loved the Corinth church. Now I, I reasoned out that if he looked at them for who they were, I mean, and people had relationships with their in-laws, mother-in-law. And people getting drunk at communion, the Last Supper. These people weren't just your run-of-the-mill, oops, I goofed every once in a while. These people were sinners. And he said, dearly beloved, I believe he had reached a point of knowing who he was in Christ and knowing who the believers in Christ were, and he saw them in a spiritual sense. He was not moved by their actions. He was not moved by their sin. Did he like their sin? No. How do we measure up? I've asked myself that question. How do I measure up? When I look at people, what are my first thoughts? <laughs> you all waiting for me to confess? <laughs> well, I ain't going that far. <laughs> you can fill in the blanks. But no, I mean, we can start with something very simple. I look here and I see a man. I look here, I see a woman. Is that spiritual? No, it's flesh. We have two genders. Two genders. <laughs> Just being clear. So, I see that. Now, I look around the room, and I know my sister won't mind me calling her out, but I do notice that there is one black person. My sister. Hi, sister. Hello, my sister. Is that what we should be noticing first? No. But do we? The clothes people wear. Do we notice that? I stopped in Casey's this morning. Grab a cup of coffee. Got over here early. And the gal that's usually there in the morning. Um, I don't know her name. She doesn't know my name. But we, we become friends. She discounts my coffee almost every day. And she looked at me. I didn't have my coat on. And I didn't have my tie on. I just had my shirt and pants and stuff on. She says, boy, you really look nice today. And I couldn't resist. I said, does that mean the other days I don't look nice? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but again, the point is, what do we look at when we see a person? 
What do we look at when we see our brother and sister? Do we look at a born-again child of God that Jesus died for? And if we could, or when we can, how's that going to change? Relationships and everything. Steve's constantly saying when he's on subjects that are tenuous, I think is the word. <laughs> I got to look that up sometime. He said, I'm not looking at anybody. I'll look right here at the camera. Because what do we look at when we look at people? I don't have my mind under that much control. I'll be honest with you. If you do, God bless you. Give me some tips. I've got a ways to go. But see, that's one of the benefits of looking into the Word. Paul, I believe, could look at a person and see them for who they are. A born-again believer in Christ. Perfect. Purchased, ready for the Father's service. Even though they were doing all kinds of nasty, stupid stuff. And you know there's nasty, stupid stuff in this world, and it's getting worse. It is getting worse. But that's the reality trail I'm not going to go down. So, praise the Lord. I want to look at Hebrews 10:39. We're talking spirit, soul, and body. So we haven't talked a whole lot about the soul, but I want to talk about the soul. Hebrews 10.39 says, But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. And it talks about the saving of the soul. Now, we know the spirit was saved. Am I correct? But there is a saving of the soul. I've already alluded to it or spoke it out. We get that from the word. Go to the next verse, please. Not um, the next scripture reference. James 1, 21. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Again, Hebrews and James are talking about the saving of the soul. Let's go to James 5 and 20. Let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Now, I picked these three scriptures because they specifically mention soul. And there is a saving of the soul. But, we hear about saving the soul as tied in with being born again. And I just want to reinforce, that's not what happens when you get born again. Your soul does not get saved. Your spirit gets saved. 
And God's done all the saving he's going to do. He saved your spirit. Whether you realize it or not, whether you accept it or not, whether you believe or not, he's made that provision for everybody on this earth. As much as it hurts me, I could go down a list of people that are in the news and say, Jesus died for them, Jesus died for them, Jesus died for them. And if it had been me, I don't know if I would have. There's some bad people out there. And I'm not going to go there. I don't want to lose the channel. Hallelujah. YouTube. We love YouTube. I really crimps your style. Come back tonight. I'll let loose. I've learned a lot from my pastor. (laughs) So your soul doesn't get saved, but you save your soul in the Word. It's a process. And it's a good process. Romans 12.2 talks about renewing your mind. Your mind is found in your soul. Your soul is your mind, will, and your emotions. We have the Spirit, which is made in the image of God, and that's the best way I can define the Spirit. If anybody can define the Spirit better than that, I don't know. I wish you could tell me. I used to think Spirit was like Casper the Ghost, just floating around. But we know better. Spirit is hard to understand in this mind. And the body, we all know about the body. We don't even need to talk about it. But Romans 12.2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you get transformed? Are you sure? Yeah, say it again. Reinforce it. You're renewed in your mind. That, here's the reason, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I grew up in a denomination that's, God, if it be your will. Smack that dude, if it be your will. (laughs) Give me that, if it be your will. I mean, just stupid stuff. Heal him, if it be your will. What a waste of a prayer. That's not even a prayer. It's not a prayer. I'm sorry. It's not a prayer. You want to know the will of God? Renew your mind. How do you renew your mind? Word of God. Christianity is so simple. You know, if we really just stuck to the facts and laid it out there without any explanation, without any examples, without any rabbit trails, we could probably all be out of here probably 45 minutes ago on a weekly basis. Because <laughs> it's easy. It's really easy. God loves us. Jesus died for us. We believe in him. Our spirit's perfected. We read the word. Our soul is renewed. Once our soul and our mind is renewed... And agrees with the Spirit, this body's got no choice. This body's got to get along. Pain comes to this, and the body will say, oh, no, 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 no. The mind says it's gone. Spirit says it's gone. It'll take care of itself. Did you ever think about that? How many people have ever cut your finger? 
Oh, come on. I know how every you people that aren't raising your hand really never cut your finger in your whole life. I'll give you one more chance. If you cut your finger, raise a finger. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, assuming that it wasn't with a hatchet or an axe, all you really had to do was wait. And what happened? It healed. Our body, as rough a shape as it is in, God made it to heal itself. I had that revelation when I was oh so young, without any teaching. I thought, wow, my body heals itself. I got cuts where there's no marks or anything. I still got things going on. I got that at Pastor Bob's. (laughs) One of your windows fell on it. (laughs) But you know what? It's healing itself. No pain. I, I spoke to the pain right away. Yeah, so there's a little blood leaked in there. No big deal. It'll work its way out. But we're done with it. Why? Because the body heals itself. But then when we get in the way, because our mind says, oh, i got to go to the doctor. Ooh. Hey, i got insurance. Yeah, I don't have to pay for it. I'll go to the doctor. And then we take what the doctor says, and then we get all bound up in fear. And we just make everything a... We treat so many things like a weather forecaster. Has anybody noticed, or is it just me? Everything is a hazardous weather warning nowadays. You know, when I was young, there was a chance of rain. Possible thunder showers. Now it's, ooh, there's a storm coming might break some limbs, might knock out some power, might, might, might. I ain't going there. They can take their fear cast and shove it. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Would Steve be proud of me, Kay? Good. (laughs) Hallelujah. We need to renew our minds. I don't, I don't know if that's one of your favorite verses, but that's one that I memorized early on, and I constantly am quoting Romans 1, 12, 1 and 2. We need to renew our minds. Without renewing our minds, we're dead in the water. We're like a ship in the doldrums with no wind. Might be born again. Past this earth, you may end up in heaven. But you've got no power, you've got no direction, you can't go anywhere, you can't do anything, until you renew your mind. I don't know how to say it more clearly than that. Right now, we're going to, let's revisit 2 Corinthians 5.17, just to reinforce that. Please, Mary. Whoa, that was fast. (laughs) Way to go. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We've got to drill down and get a grip on the fact that we are a new creature. We're made in the image of God. Think on that one. 
When my son went missing, I showed up at his house one day looking for him five o'clock in the morning, and the only person awakened to ran was the fire chief, Kim. And Kim and Todd were good friends, and I got to be a good friend with Kim. And we were talking, and Kim said to me, he says, man, he says, you sure sound a lot like your son. And I said, no, Kim, you're wrong. I said, my son sounds like me. Now, to bring it back home a little closer so you get to understand it, how many know Jess and Ryan's son, Ian? Can you agree with me if you've met Ryan, you've met Ian? Or if you've met Ian, you've met Ryan? You all know where I'm coming from. Jesus said the Father's in him. And he said he's in us. And if we know him, we know the Father. And as the Father loved him, the Father loves us. It's so simple. Why do we fight it? Why do we question it? And maybe I'm the only one in the room that ever questioned it. And I questioned it for years. But I don't think I'm that unique. I think that would be haughty of me to think that I am that unique, even if it's a negative uniqueness. It's really simple. Daddy loves us. He sent his son for us. And when he sent his son, he gave him a job to do. And he faithfully did it. And he said, it's finished. Why? Why do we work at it? I ask myself that. I have lost track how many times I have asked myself that. The real me is a spirit. Oh. Just that alone, just that alone will help you cope in this world. And it will also unlock the Bible. If you have not really had a revelation on the fact that you are a spirit, as you sit here in this room, trapped in the body, the flesh, house that you live in. But the real you is a spirit made in the image of God. That should be shouting around. And I say that not to look at you and say, why aren't you shouting? I'm saying that like, uh, why am I not shouting? <laughs> I mean, it is. Just meditate on that. Our daddy loves us. Jesus loves us. When you think about Jesus says he's in us, and we don't, without spiritual awakening, we can't understand that. But he even goes further. It's one thing to understand that Christ in the Father, Father in Christ, Christ in us, us in Christ, and all that, which is all true. But without the Spirit, you can't really get a handle on it. It makes no sense to the carnal mind. But there's another scripture, and I don't have the address of it, or it might be buried in this whole long list of... But Jesus said, oh, I know where I just ran across it. It was when I was writing a newsletter. 
Where two or more are gathered, where is Jesus? He's in your midst. He didn't say, I'm in each one of you. He said, I'm in your midst. So if we're two or more and we're gathered around, think of a huddle. Who's in there with us? Jesus. Jesus. He'll never leave us or forsake us. We are never without him. Now, as wonderful as that is, could be a scary thought too. You might be thinking, oh my gosh. You mean when I did that the other day, he was there? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't say that to make you feel bad. I make that, I say that to raise your awareness. Just as I've said it to myself to raise my awareness. Would I do this if Jesus was physically here? Would you drive like that if Jesus was in the passenger seat? Would you treat that lady at checkout who didn't create all the shortages? Would you treat her that way if Jesus was in line right before you or behind you? That's heavy stuff. Maybe you all got it mastered. Maybe I'm talking to the choir. I don't know. But I don't think so. I'm bringing it simple truth down to a reality where we can just handle it and touch it and feel it. Because that's how close Jesus is to us. When we're awake, when we're asleep, when we're thinking about him, when we're not. Why do you think he gave us a communion meal that we celebrated a week ago? Do this in remembrance of me. He wants us to remember him. He wants us to remember him all day, every day. And if we could, not if we could, when we do, we're going to find our life just even out. In a peace and in love like we've only hoped for. But without an understanding of spirit, soul, and body, I really don't think we will get to that place. It is such a foundational building block. If your foundation doesn't have that, you need to study it out. You need to meditate on it. Because God has already done it. He's already provided everything. It's there for the taking. How do you take it? You believe. You believe. You believe him. You believe the one who sent him. You believe the word, which is him. You believe. I can't add anything to it. I love it. It's so simple. Hallelujah. I think that's a good place on my notes to say we've come to a point. But I do want to say I don't really like to preach the same thing. Although people have told me that it comes out different every time. My brother told me that the other day. He says, well, what you say in the evening comes out so different than what comes in the morning. That's fine. But I got a whole bunch more notes. So for those of you that come back tonight, I'm going to do a quick review for the people that weren't here this morning 
We're going to do a quick overview, and then we're going to go a little further, a little deeper, and we're going to have some fun. So stand to your feet. I want to speak a blessing over you. Thank you so much for sharing this time with us as we have encountered Jesus Christ through the ministry of his life-changing word. If you would like to learn more about Steve Castle Ministries and Beloved Church, you can go online to stevecastle.com or belovedchurchillinois.com. You can also contact us at 815-990-0367. Always remember that you are a part of the Beloved Family of God, and Beloved Church is the place where you are greatly loved. Now please open your heart to receive as Pastor Steve proclaims the blessing of the Father over your life. I pray, I declare that above all things that you allow the finished work of the cross to bring prosperity into your finances and also divine health prospering your body and all of these things are going to affect you in a supernatural way as you allow your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions and your personality to be perfected in prosperity that the Father desires for you to have. We love you and we cannot wait to see and be with you again soon. Goodbye, beloved.